Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your will, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that you have given us a way and a way back, Lord Father. Father, we thank you because you have given us everything we need for life and godliness, Lord God, that we may have a choice, Lord Father, to choose you in this day. Father, we thank you because sometimes we don't understand scriptures because we fail to let your Holy Spirit lead us, Lord. We fail to realize that it is only through your spirit that can lead and guide us to all truth and the knowledge and wisdom of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you because you are our God, and we, we want to be your people, Lord Father. We ask that you continue to give us wisdom and understanding, Lord, about everything that we say and everything that we do. Father, we bless your name right now because it is only through you that we'll be free and have everlasting life. Father, we love you and we thank you for everything that you have given us and everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Um, I'm going to read this scripture. This, this scripture came after I started studying this morning. Um, then the Lord gave me the scripture. I just had to be obedient and start typing what he wanted me to type. But it's in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Verses 9 through 11. It says, But avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law. For they are unprofitable and futile. For as a man who is fictitious, after admonishing him once or twice, have nothing to do with him, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful. He is self-condemned. Wow. That's, that's the scripture. It's telling you that that if you got a man who is fictitious, who doesn't want to know the truth, even after you give it to him, have nothing to do with him. It said knowing such a person is perverted and sinful. Don't even waste your time. With that person Stupid controversies Genealogies Dissensions and quarrels over the law For they are unprofitable and futile Y'all know what futile is right Pointless just doesn't make sense So After I began uh, Writing and, and reading I started to understand Something it was it would hit me like A ton of bricks Because I was asking the Lord what did he want me to say or the people to get an understanding about? And he said, money. That's what he said, money. So I was like, okay, well, let me start, you know, just looking at the scriptures again about money. And the most one that most people go to is Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Most people take that as seeking God, God will give you Money. Worship God, get money. And God said, keep reading. I read from there. And then he said again, keep reading. Keep reading. The Holy Spirit was priding me to read. And then he told me to turn to uh, Luke chapter 16. It, it, it was so interesting how this came together. And I'm going to read it for you. But can you, I want to show you Matthew 6 and 33, 
or man, Matthew 6 and Luke 16. So as he kept reading, as I kept reading, I started to, started to unfold, and I started to think about what he was telling me about what money was and true riches. Now, nobody can ever doubt that Jesus said the kingdom of God comes not with observation. No one can ever doubt that Jesus didn't say that or anything else. Jesus said that it comes not with observation. But yet when we want understanding or believe we have understanding about the kingdom of God, it always contains observation. You see what I'm saying? It always contains some kind of observation. So, so for a long time, I know I've been going back and forth with people, you know, telling them that the kingdom of God is not about money, it's not about wealth, it's not about status, and it's not about those things. I've been saying it the whole time, but maybe I've been saying it the wrong way because the Holy Spirit today told me that poor people are just as hung up and worshiping money as rich people. And Lord, okay, how's that? Because poor people ain't got no money. He said, keep reading. Oh, my God, I'm getting excited because this is getting good already. And then the scripture dropped, bang. It says, Titus chapter 3, 9 through 11, but avoid stupid controversies, genealogy, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. For as a man... As for a man who is fictitious, not knowing the truth, after admonishing him once or twice, telling him the truth, have nothing more to do with him, knowing such a per- person is perverted and sinful, he is condemned. See, often most people miss the truth about the kingdom of God and begin preaching and teaching according to a social position. A social position and a separation. You got some that preach the kingdom of God and everybody else is excluded from that teaching and preaching. Then you got some that's a Baptist, and unless you convert to being a Baptist, you're excluded from the preaching and teaching, and so on in Catholic and everything else. But now, when you minister the kingdom of God, it is the exclusion of denomination which brings supposed to bring you to the kingdom of God. See, you have to denounce all those other futile, foolish babblings, the dissensions, Genealogies, I'm of Paul I even heard One of the craziest things I've ever heard About being a bishop um, That's a Baptist I think it was a Baptist bishop or something Or one of the Kojic or one of them bishops And he said that To be a bishop In the Kojic You have to trace your Genealogy back to Paul And I'm looking at him Really? Really? That's you're, you're really just going to tell me that Like that you're just going to think that I, okay. So so you're telling me that all you guys, you know, with Paul, okay. All right, got you. Okay, so so I thought it was pretty funny, but now I see how serious this is and detrimental it is to understanding the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not picking on any denomination, but I do know, do know that denominations uh, separate people. Denominations separate people based off the scriptures like Paul said, 1 Timothy 6, 3 and 5, if anyone teaches otherwise, talking about the kingdom of God, and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching which accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit, he knows nothing, and has a morbid craving for controversy and disputes about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, base suspicions, 
and wrangling among men who are depraved in mind, bearing of the truth, imagining that godliness is gain. Now, these are scriptures that, that's telling us to get away from those people that's teaching us wrong. But now, a foolish man is a person who has wise counsel and chooses not to use it. What does it say? Um, uh, um, the man that represents himself as a fool for uh, counsel. Now, now, we talked about for a long time your testimony and that your testimony is not what you say or think about yourself. Your testimony is everybody else, what they say that know you about you. Now, if you got a hundred people that know you and say that you're a selfish, greedy, covetous person, but yet you're standing there telling all of them, no, I'm righteous, I, I, I do this, guess what? Your testimony is wrong. We talked about that last week, how, or the week before, well, last week, how, how your testimony is what other people say about you. So the question was last Sunday was, what are people saying about you that know you? The people that know you, what are they saying about you? And are you still going against them? Are you still going against that? But anyway, let's get back to this. So, so most people are preaching from a social position. But then I looked at it and it was like, God, how does this poor and rich still get bound by money? And he said, because they're waiting for the same thing that the children of Israel rejected Jesus for. And I, I just I, I started to get real excited because I know that the, the early, the children of Israel was waiting for Jesus to come. And the reason why the scribes, the Pharisees, which were children of Israel also, had rejected him is because they were waiting for Jesus to come to restore them to a social position. Jesus restore us back from the Romans and put us back in charge of everything and give us all the wealth of this kingdom and all this stuff. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm here for. Remember the scripture we read when Jesus read and, and, and left them and hid in the woods because they were going to make him king? Remember that scripture? So, so when we looked at that, it, Jesus left uh, um, because they were going to make him king. They were going to make him king, so Jesus left because they had the wrong understanding. They had the wrong understanding. They thought that Jesus came for them to take John uh, 6.15, Jesus knowing that they indeed to come to make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. See, that's only because Jesus performed a miracle. So Jesus performed a miracle, it means that Jesus was the one because he gave people stuff. He must be the one. But they was going to force Jesus to be king. That's what many of us do today. We force Jesus to be our king. But let me ask you a question. How can you and Jesus be Head of the same church How can you and Jesus Be head of the same church Either it's his church Or it's not his church Now since we are the church Whose do you belong to See, see Most were still waiting On, on, on the social position 
and Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We're coming to people because they started to believe and think that Jesus is coming to restore that same social order. See, they were waiting for a higher social order with more power and more affluence or more wealth. That's what they wanted. But Jesus came preaching a total different reality, a total different reality. He came preaching the presence of a kingdom comes not with observation. The presence of a kingdom comes not with observation. So if Jesus is telling us that the kingdom of God comes not with observation, why is it that we look for observation to define our kingdom of God? See, the truth is that the poor, the middle class, and the wealthy miss the kingdom of God for the same reason. This even includes those that believe they have cornered the market on religion and denominationism. Y'all know what denominationalism is? It is division. That's exactly what it is. The, the, the denominationalism is a devotion to denomination principles or interests. The emphasizing of denominational differences to the point of being narrowly exclusive. Sectarianism. Listen to that definition of denominationalism. Now, this fits a whole lot of people because a lot of people will tell you that this is it. Now, this is totally different than being the call, than being separate. Totally different things. Jesus is the head of the church. While the Catholics believe that that's what Catholic means, is the one true church, so everybody originally is a Catholic, and I heard that about Baptists. I heard that about being a Mason. I heard that about being Kojic and everything else, Protestant, Jehovah's Witness. I heard about all of those. So since I can see that, that must not be the kingdom of God. Am I right? Can I, can I say that? Because since Jesus said, the kingdom come not with observation, that means that what I need to see, I can't see. Do you remember how interesting when 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 Saul became Paul, remember we talked about a long time ago, and, and he could he could see, but they couldn't see. He could hear, but they couldn't hear. Remember that when he got struck off his horse. It's interesting that Jesus says the kingdom comes not with observation. Yet Paul was blind, but he saw everything. Oh, this is good. This is good. So what we have to begin and understand with the kingdom of God is Jesus, when he was asked and demanded of the Pharisees, he said the kingdom of God is something that can't be observed. So what is Jesus talking about? Why is it that we continue to preach the kingdom of God and all these shows of position and power and understanding that people can see, and we claim that that's the kingdom of God. See, all those things create separation. I didn't say separation of sin 
from the brethren, which the kingdom of God should do, oh my God, this is good, which the kingdom of God should do, separate sin from the brethren, not brethren from brethren. Brethren from brethren, like a civil war. Which is forbidden, like we just read. We just read that in, in uh, uh, what was that? In uh, 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 Timothy. But we can also read it in Romans. When Paul talks about this division that you guys are setting up and, set and doing. See, we like to look at Jesus the same way they looked at Jesus. But you have to look at it this way. Non-denominational is a denomination now. I remember being part of a non-denominational group, and anybody outside that non-denominational group wasn't right. So they would ask me, even uh, on my dog tags, they was like, um, uh, um, what denomination are you? And then what religion are you? I say non-denominational. What religion are you? Oh, I'm non-denominational. So because of the exclusivity and, and, and the separation and, and all the emphasizing of the denominational differences, non-denominational became a non-denomination. But that's why we got to be careful, because there are those that preach the kingdom of God that has turned the kingdom of God into a denomination, which is something that Jesus said can make you free, which is the truth. See, so preaching and teaching a perverted, misunderstood gospel of the kingdom of God becomes a denomination. Simply put, if you slap a label on your teaching and preach it as kingdom, don't make it so. That don't make it the truth because you said kingdom. There are people that change their names to kingdom this and kingdom that just so they can draw people. Remember in the same scripture, Jesus, oh, my God, i got to read. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 16. This is good stuff. This is good. Now remember, all of this is in wake of the light that says the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Now, here is Luke chapter 16. And I'm going to start at verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him which had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. Me, oh, my God. I, I, I can't work. 
and I can't beg. Well, you stuck in a rock and a hard place. He could, oh, he was too proud to work and too proud to beg. He said, I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much thou owest? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write four score. And the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Do you all understand what that is? That means that the, the, the people that don't have God seem to be a little more craftier than we are. When it comes to finances, when it comes to managing money, when it comes to um, handling your bills, when it comes to treating people better, when it comes to all these things, when it comes to taking care of other people, people would seem that they would rather go join a gang or a cult because it takes care of them more than the children of God. So when this man was without his Lord, he became smarter became wiser because of his religious restrictions. He didn't want to work and he didn't want to beg. So he had to come up with something. Oh, so y'all not even catching that one. Well, let's, maybe this will help you if we keep going. He said, and I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fall, fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. You hear what he's saying? And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, you might be received you unto everlasting habitations. This is not saying go partner with money. not saying that. It's saying that you will fail if you do that. See, but when we look at it in, in a position of, oh, well, money, we got to do this. And, no, it's not talking about what you can gain wealth-wise. It says in verse 16 and 10, he that is faithful, that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is just in the least is unjust in also much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit you and trust you to true riches? So I was I heard that this was if you can't be faithful with your money, God ain't gonna give you more. That's not what that means. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's who will give you that which is your own? Again, I heard preaching about this is money. See, the middle, this is where I got that that, that uh, revelation. The Holy Spirit said, see, 
rich and poor, think alike. Rich and poor, thinks alike. Now I got one more scripture to read, or or, or to, to to put this in the perspective. Luke sixteen and thirteen. No servant can serve two masters. He said, all I have to say this. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can't serve both. It's going to be one or the other. Now, your money should serve you. There's a whole scripture or or Bible laid out to what you should do with your money. It says, if you have this world good, give to those that don't have so that they may see the love of God. It also says, if you just pray, tell a person who is in need and you have, and you pray and say, go on your way, then you're worse than an unbeliever. So, so the Bible is clear about those things. See, first, the middle and wealthy think that wealth is abundant life. And the poor and the lower middle are judging themselves based on what the rich or well-off have. Now, is that the same? Well, we just read Luke 16 and 13. No servant can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or else he'll hold to one and despise the other, you, you 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 can't serve God and mammon. Now, while I used to think that was a scripture that only served to point out that those who serve money can't serve God, which is true, which is very true. However, those that are judging their faith or lack thereof based on a financial position is still serving money. Oh, you got to get that. When you don't have, and you're so covetous to have, you're serving money. Or if you make a decision or believe that because you do, oh, this is good, because you serve God, you're going to be rich one day, out of debt, and all these things, then guess what? You're serving the same God. And I'm not talking about God with the big G. I'm talking about the God of this world. See, we take social positioning very seriously. We've taken it even to a point to believe that we're gods, little gods with little G's. But now the Bible talks about the God of this world, and some people claim to be gods of this world, then whose gods are you? See, when you're, there is, the Bible says contentment with godliness is great gain. Contentment means be satisfied with what you have. You don't like what you have, go make some more money and get some more. Get your, get your, get your bills in order. Get out of debt. You don't like the way you're living? You can change that. But what we do is we rely on God, which we're supposed to trust in God. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Matthew 6 and 33 that people get all messed up in that, you'll understand where I'm coming. While, 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 while most, and when I say most, 
I mean, pretty much everybody that I know and probably everybody you know, all the people that have something don't want to give up anything to have everything. Remember the parable of the the, um, the, the, the man that sold the, the, the field? It says that he sold everything he had to gain this one treasure. But we don't even see that. We, we look at it as these little jewels of information. He sold everything to buy a field. A field. But yet Matthew 13 and 44 says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. <clears throat> when a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy, in his joy, went out and sold all he had. And bought that field. He discovered something hidden in a field. And he sold everything he had to get that field. See, we think it's a, uh, um, you sell it because then you're richer. No, it's not what it is. Now, how many people, be honest, how many people you know would do something like that? Do you know somebody that would do that, give up all they have? I don't either. I don't know anybody that would do that. They would give up everything they had. But see, there are people that are preaching about the kingdom of God and this wealth and this freedom that you can have when you serve the kingdom of God. And I'm trying to tell people that that, is wrong. You don't get wealth because you served in God's kingdom. If it comes not with observation, that means it's talking about something different. And then people twist, they mix, they alter, they disregard other scriptures because they wanted to include their social uh, position as part of God's kingdom. Well, because I, I got a little bit now and I'm I'm preaching and I'm the church is, is growing and I'm getting money in and people are tithing and, and, and my, my social position is climbing, it must mean that I understand the kingdom of God. No, it means you probably understand how pyramid schemes work. Now, I'm not telling anybody that you don't suppose to support your ministry. But I'm telling the ministers that social positioning, status, title, and, and, and position have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. The wealth that you have in your bank account, unless God told you to do something with it, has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Because then you would be having the same premise that I've been saying for years which isn't true, which is poor people don't know the kingdom of God. Poor people can't understand it. Or all rich people do know the kingdom of God. See, just listen to what the scripture says. 
Now you got people that say they they get hung up on the added unto you. Just listen to those who believe that seeking the kingdom of God will give them the added unto you in Matthew six thirty three above what me, what their needs are. Or you got the other side that people who have some lack or believe that the added unto you is going to give them something for seeking God. But now let's put the scripture in context. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, that scripture is not about seeking or gaining wealth. Let's look at the scripture. See, now while we just stop at 6 and 33, we don't take it in context about back up to what it actually is talking about. Now you tell me what this is talking about. Because remember the scripture that was Luke 16 and there was, 13, Luke 16 and uh, um, 30, yeah, 13. It says, No servant can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or else he'll hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Ain't that what it said? All right. Now let's look at Matthew 6 and 24, which is before 6 and 33. No man can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll hold to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. See it? Same thing. Now, this goes on to say, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, um, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body of raiment or your clothes? Behold, the fowls of the air, they do not sow, neither do they reap. So where is the scripture that says, you, I ain't going to go there. They neither do they gather into barns. Oh, my God. Malachi says, bring all ye tithes and offerings to the storehouse so that there will be meat in my house. And watch me as I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. Isn't that about gain? Isn't that, isn't that what it sounds like? If you reap and you sow, the, the law, I even heard a, a whole sermon about an hour and a half, the, the law of reaping and sowing, or sowing and reaping. But now this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus. See, see, ah, when they go back to the Old Testament and try to justify a scripture that Jesus came to fulfill, it mixes them up. And then when they say, oh, no, this is part of this age and the kingdom design, that means you have a kingdom that's with observation. That means that's not part of Jesus' design. But now watch what Jesus says. Behold the fowls of the air. This has nothing to do with, I'm telling you, watch it, watch it, watch it. It's, listen, behold the fowls of the air, for they not they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a stature? And why ye, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon, the richest king in the the Bible, was not arrayed like a lily or a, a, a bird. 
But now let's watch this. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What we will eat, what we will drink, or where, where, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these, these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father know you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore take no take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, that scripture is not about serving God and seeking wealth. This scripture is not about serving God as being a precursor to gaining wealth. That scripture is not about if I do this and seek God and seek God's kingdom, I'll have this. You know what this scripture is about? This scripture is about trusting God in the midst of your lack of faith. Ain't that what it said? That's what it said, right? That's what Jesus said. That scripture is about seeking and trusting God in the midst of your lack of faith. But because you have a lack of faith in God, you chase after money. Now, this is not saying that you don't have the ability to create wealth. But it is saying that your lack of faith will have you pursue and concentrate on the wrong things. Wealth nor poverty shows that God is or is not in your life, or you lack understanding. This is also not a poverty perspective, because you don't have affluence, you should stay in the midst of your lack in opposition. Either way, money can have you bound. Rich or poor. And we know from the scriptures we just read, you cannot serve God and what? Money. Wow, this is good stuff. You see how the kingdom has to be much more than that? The kingdom of God comes not with observation. See, rich people miss the reality of the kingdom because of their unfettered affluence or wealth. And poor people miss it because they internalize their oppression and their lack. Both are about money. Oh, my God, this is good stuff. See, we fail to realize that the Spirit is prodding us to live differently. This is not a, 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 a formula to gain wealth or a formula to get rid of all your stuff. This is a formula to get rid of all your baggage and trust in God. But because we don't trust in God, we find ways to do it ourselves. Denominationalism, you know the word I just said, 
Denominationalism steals people's food. Abundant life in the alternative kingdom that Jesus came involved sharing daily bread. The reality about abundant life is about a love so pure that nobody can see. It's about not grandstanding yourself. It's about loving your enemies. It's about healing. It's about mercy, justice, and faith. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which are all those things you can't see. You can feel them, but you can't see them. You know if somebody gives you mercy. See, here's where, where the problem is. So we, we think that we get over on people um, and make us smarter than them when they're actually allowing you to do it because they don't want to reveal how dumb you really are. So they let you get away with things that you think you got away with that they know. Or when they when they ask come to you and they ask you for something and they know you got it but you don't you, you say you don't because you want to keep your stuff. The kingdom of God was alternative to what we seek today. We don't seek the kingdom of God usually. We seek our own selves. We don't create businesses and things like that to help other people. We we create it to help ourselves. We want the fame, the fortune, the wealth, the power. We want people screaming our name because it makes us feel good about the lack we have in our lives. I want to go back to Luke real quick. We stopped at 13. We're going to 14. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. And they said unto him, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knows your heart. For he knows that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. For it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. We fight amongst the law. We fight amongst that. When you continue to read Luke chapter 16, I really encourage you to read that, the whole thing. It's 31 uh, verses. 
it tells you something about a world that you can't see by looking outside your window or that you can see by looking outside your window. You know, my, my nephew, Justin, told me something, and it stuck with me, and I've been teaching that or, or, or spreading that for quite some time. What he said was, if you seek evil, you'll find it. But if you seek love, you'll find that too. So just imagine your computer, or your brain is your computer, which it is, and you're looking up <clears throat> how to make money. And that's all you do every day is look up how to make money. You think you're going to find a way to make money? Absolutely. What if you look up evil things? What if you look up crunking and, and, and twerking and pole dancing and that's all you look up? Do you think you're going to find it? Absolutely. What if you look up racism? That's all you're looking up. It's how the world is full of racism and hate. You think you're going to find it? Absolutely. You, you, you look at Matthew 6 and 33 that way. Seek first the kingdom of God. And it's righteousness. And all them don't worry about the other things. The other things going to be added unto you. Because even if you were written, man, i got to do this. I'm sorry. Let's go back to Luke chapter 16. Told you got to read this. This is good. Where are we at? Luke 16:22. And it came to pass, the beggar died. was talking about Lazarus. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So rich and poor is going to end up buried. One of them was carried into the uh, Abraham's bosom. And the other one was being buried in torment. We're going to be judged by our actions, by our deeds. Now, Jesus can't see us without first seeing Christ, for he sees a sinner. And he knows our hearts. Luke chapter 16 is awesome. But if you're seeking God, seek God. But if you're looking for things, Mariah Carey, uh, Luther Vandross, uh, Drake, uh, uh, what's the boy we were talking about last night? Uh, Chance the Rapper, and you look up these lyrics and these things, and you hold more value to them than you do of God. They become your God. Because what you're justifying and rationalizing with them means that they're more powerful than God. So, what are you seeking? Are you seeking money? Seeking wealth, fame, fortune? Or are you seeking God? God is in those things that you got right here underneath your, your what's it called? Ribs. It's in your heart. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Find your, find your freedom. 
and love God and everybody else. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord God. We thank you for your will. Father, we haven't always sought you. We haven't always sought the things that, that pleased you. Instead, Lord Father, we have used our lack of faith to create another religion, the gospel of self. We have changed your words, changed your doctrines to include the status that we want to be as part of your kingdom that comes not with observation. Father, we ask that you continue to bless our enemies, that they may see you, Lord God, and give us wisdom in everything that we do. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name asking your forgiveness and ask that you send us your spirit for our help. We need you to lead and guide us to all truth. Thank you for your son, your gift that you've given us, so that may we may have abundant life. We know that it's only through him that we can see it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
Get in trouble, you can say.
two little fish and five loaves of bread and fed five thousand. I know you can do it. Oh, yes, you can. You went to the graveyard one day and told a dead man to get up. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. So here's my little problem, Jesus. Fix it for me right now. I'm going to ask you one more time. Because I know you can do it, Master. I know you can do it. You went to a wedding one night and turned water into wine. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. So please, do it for me. Right now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.